It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Zealand Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liveax Marine in Isle, SW Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Pine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. And welcome into this week's show. We have got a lot to cover coming off last weekend's fishing opener. We got lake reports from all across the state, including a spotlight on Cass Lake, Black Leach, and Red. We'll also talk to Jason Durham with Go Fish Guide Service and see how fishing's been up around the Park Rapids area. And some late season turkey tactics with Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service and Bemidji. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick the show off with our Lake and Field segment brought to you by Oars and Mine and Crosby. Proud to offer Flow Dock Systems, the most durable in the industry. They offer new dock and lift installations so that you can get out on the water sooner. Oars and Mine, located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we kick the show off with our local report. We bring in Jason Freed with Leisure Outdoor Adventures. Jason keeping a very close eye on Leech Lake and the immediate Brainerd Lakes uh, for us. And I guess, Jason, we'll start up on Leech. Uh, the past weekend, how were things up there for the opener? You know, it was uh, it was overall, I'd say it was a pretty good opener. Um, you know, I mean, like, as we were talking off air, you know, sometimes, you know, everybody, I think opener, for a lot of people, everybody thinks it's going to be just gangbusters, and, and a lot of times it's, it all comes down to water temp, and, you know, water temp on Leech on the west side of the lake was pretty much consistently about 51 degrees, and when you got into Walker Bay, it was down into the 40s, and out on the main lake, it was in the 40s, and so for the most part, it was overall pretty cool still, and so it kind of led to a a pretty tricky bite, you know, I mean, we were able to get our fish and, and had good guide trips over the weekend, but, uh, it was a real kind of finicky jig bite. It wasn't, uh, they didn't want it super aggressive and it was more just a subtle little drag and pull. And, and then when you felt the bite, you could just feel literally just picking the bait up and not really even pinning it or crushing it. And so it was, um, once everybody kind of got the feel of what the bite was like, um, you know, overall it was pretty good, but the, the real key all weekend was you had to get the bait out away from the boat and you know, we were just using quarter ounce jigs uh with shiners or rainbows and sometimes even using smaller minnows was uh was actually out produced using bigger shiners and so uh but you had to get the bait out away from the boat and so it almost always that meant either casting or pitching uh and then in some instances if there was a good wind blowing in the certain areas where you fish you could drift but you had to get the bait out away from the boat otherwise you did not catch as many fish it's pretty interesting. Uh, were there a lot of boats out there on Leech, or did you kind of have the lake to yourself? Oh, no, it was it was busy. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the proven areas and the well-known areas where, uh, you know, you, you could have maybe stepped across the boats and not touched water a few, in a few places. But, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of people. There was a lot of resort people, which was great for the, uh, you know, tourism and the whole area around Leech. And, um, you know, so overall, I think it was a, a good weekend. I think some people maybe struggled a little bit. Uh, who maybe didn't pick up on on the bite, but, uh, you know, overall it was busy. And I think a lot of the surrounding areas were pretty busy too. You know, I heard a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, reports from, uh, Winnie and, um, you know, some of the areas up and around Bemidji and in red. And I think a lot of people, uh, hopped, hopped in the truck and pulled the boats and went north last weekend. Yeah, that's for sure. Right here in the Brainerd area, did you uh, hear anything special? You know, overall, I heard the area was pretty slow. Um, I didn't get down here myself. Um, crappie fishing was still pretty good. 
you know, the water's really warming up and those fish are getting way more active. Um, you know, and people are starting to, you know, transition from, you know, a jig and a bobber to more just pitching, um, you know, 32nd ounce jigs uh, in the tube around. And, but that's been pretty good. But the overall walleye fishing was pretty tough. Um, you know, it was still a jig bite for the most part. And in the best bite window was definitely in the evening in the dark, um, which we kind of talked about a little bit last week, you know, and on these lakes like Gull and Round and North Long and, you know, they're super clear lakes and, and they can be, they can be tough during this, this time of year when the water's really clear and you haven't had any algae blooms or, uh, and whatnot. And so, you know, I mean, I kind of heard mixed reports, you know, guys catching a few fish here and there, but that evening bite was definitely best. Um, you know, there were some decent reports on some of the smaller lakes, uh, you know, we're producing, but those lakes would have been lakes that would have probably had warmer water temps. Uh, water temps on Gall and Round and some of these lakes were in anywhere from the mid-upper 40s up to 55, uh, just depending on where you were on the lake. And so I, I, I anticipate the lakes in the area are going to get better. Um, you know, it's just still going to be a simple, you know, jig and a minnow, uh, you know, pulling crankbaits uh, on the flats in the evenings and after dark is going to be another great tactic to use as well. Um, and, and even slip bobbering, you know, as the water warms up, uh, utilizing leeches under a slip bobber or a sl- slip bobber and a shiner uh, is a great way to, you know, target fish and, and just utilizing your electronics. You know, we've talked about that before too, you know, but like last weekend, you know, we, we used our side scan a lot on our Lorances and just you could target and find those schools of fish. And, you know, on, on leech, for example, and to be no different than gull, would be finding areas where maybe you have some scattered boulders, um, you know, and such where those fish and the bait is going gonna, is gonna to correlate to. And so, you know, using that and then pinpointing it, whether you're casting jigs uh, or, you know, even a slip bobber are, are going to be things that you want to really try uh, in the Brainerd Lakes area as well. So there you go. Any magic depth right now, Jason? I suppose a lot of it depends upon which lake you're on. Yeah, you know, on you know, up in the leech area, it was anywhere from, you know, 5 feet out to 12 feet last weekend. It seemed like 7, 8 feet was, was best. Um, you know, down here in the Brainerd Lakes area, uh, you know, you, you get a good wind-driven day, you can definitely catch them shallow, but it's probably going to be a little bit deeper, you know, 10 to 14 feet of water. And before we let you go, one last thing, and I'm sure you've been guiding a long time, you've seen a lot of different things. You told me this just briefly off air before we went on here. Uh, about this ten-year-old kid that's kind of taught you a few things over the weekend. You know, I had a uh, we had a huge group on opener, and we had seven boats and twenty-eight guys on opener, and uh, we had Trey Waynes, the old Minnesota Viking, in one of the boats, and and uh, it's been a group we've had forever, and they're all pretty good fishermen. And then on Sunday morning, I, I picked up a, a father and son who had never uh, partook in uh, Minnesota fishing opener. And they uh, used to live out in um, Nevada, and so they decided, and they moved to Minnesota, and they're like, we want to participate in this. And so they, they both were fishermen, but they never really had walleye fish before. And the bite was a little tough, and I went to my first spot, and we caught a few fish. And I, the old saying is, you should never leave fish to go find fish. Well, the fishing guide went to go try to find more fish, <laughs> and I should have just stayed there. Well, we ended up going back there, and, and by the end, I watched a 10-year-old uh, literally put on a clinic, and, and the thing I learned was you can't overthink things. And so I was, as I was watching them, that's one of the things as a fishing guy you do is you watch your clients, especially if a, one of your clients is catching all the fish because they're probably doing something that's helping trigger those fish. And I watched this young man, and I watched how he was working a jig. And it was a simple little jig, and I gave him a smaller jig, and I gave him smaller minnows, and I kind of watched how he worked the jig. And it was really an eye-opener, and I just told myself, you know, sometimes you can't, you can't overthink things. I, you know, you kind of think about spots and all those kinds of things, and you kind of get consumed sometimes with 
with that. In reality, it's sometimes it's just simply putting the bait in front of the fish and finding out, you know, how the fish really wants it. And that young man, he had it figured out, and he was having a ball. And uh, I don't know how many walleyes he caught by the time we were done after four hours, but uh, he was he was tickled pink. So uh, it's, it doesn't matter if it's a seventy-year-old or a ten-year-old; you can always learn something from somebody. Yeah, I think we we try to put a lot of science into this and technology and everything, and really, when it breaks down, it's fishing. It, exactly right. It is. It's fishing, and uh, it's us. It's man versus fish, and uh, and ultimately, we just got to trust our guts and and go with things and just adapt as we go and and, and learn. And that's the thing. You, you as a fisherman, you can't. Uh, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten from from a person. It's Toby Toby Kavalivog, one of our other fishing guides who I I kind of look at as one of my uh, guys I look up to. And and uh, he told me one time. He said, "You can't fish memories." And uh, I think sometimes, especially when we get caught up in fishing memories, and we forget that we got to adapt, and every year is a different year, and and you got to be willing to adapt and learn every year because things are always changing. And so I know one thing: last Sunday, I learned from a ten-year-old uh, <laughs> on a couple little things, and, and just overall for that day, and and I and I won't forget it. It's an awesome story. That's Jason Freed, Leisure Outdoor Adventures. You can check him out at leisureoutdooradventures.com. I appreciate the info, buddy, as always, and uh, we'll check in with you next week. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. Let's head out to Mille Lacs, get the report out there. Steve Saponiak, Predator Guide Service, joins us. And, Steve, obviously Mille Lacs, a destination for people on opener. Uh, I had heard that there were a lot of boats out there this past weekend, and I would imagine anglers having a good time. Oh, definitely, Brian. The lake was crowded. The lake was packed. The lake looked like it used to look years ago. It was great to see. A lot of resorts had a lot of people staying there, and everybody was catching fish. If you didn't catch a fish, fish, you didn't have any bait on your hook, and that was basically it. So, yeah, it was a good time. A lot of people had good luck fishing. Just about every kind of technique worked well, so it was a win-win situation, which was good to see compared to we had a week or we had uh, snow not even quite a week and a half ago. Yeah, that was the the weird thing. And, and we've always talked, Steve, Mille Lacs, and I've always called it, maybe some people don't agree with the terminology I use, but that lake can be a little psycho sometimes when it comes to weather patterns. Definitely, Brian. I think the terminology is dead on. It's spot on, as my wife says, and that's exactly right. Weather patterns are something on that lake. You know, like I tell everybody, if you're in the south end and you think you see a storm on the north end, don't wait. Get off now. It's a wise move. It's that quick. It can happen that fast. I've seen tornadoes, many of them, hop across the lake. I've seen pressure systems move in. It's just the uh, cycle is a good term, my friend. Yes, it is. Yeah, and I mean, it just affects the fishing, too. I mean, all of a sudden, everything can go from gangbusters to nothing in a matter of minutes. You know, exactly right. In fact, you and I were talking. We were sort of concerned about that cold front and everything we had, but uh, glad to say things turned out pretty good, and the matter of minutes is correct. Uh, matter of seconds like i've had clients i've told him when i'm walleye guiding i said we got a cold front come in and i said we got about a half hour 45 minutes of decent fishing yet and that's going to be about it we're going to struggle and we're usually pretty accurate about that guess yeah were most people concentrating on the bays steve and maybe still doing that going into this weekend or are they starting to maybe get out into that main basin yet you know, a lot of people, majority of people were in the bays and the shallower water like we suggested last week, but I am seeing people hit out to the flats, yeah, seeing people on the main basin, like you said, doing the sandbars and stuff like that and the mud flats. So a few people are moving out there. Have they been lucky? Yes, they have been. But why beat yourself up on a rough day, stick in the shallows and catch just as many fish? I mean, fish up to uh, 10 a day, 20, 30, 40, 50 a day are very common this time of year and more. 
pictures I saw on Facebook too, Steve, I saw some really, really nice pike that were taken all over this past weekend. What were those guys doing, you think? A lot of guys I know for a fact are soaking sucker minnows, Brian. You know, sucker minnows, you know, anywhere from 4 inches to 10 inches have been producing real well. A lot of guys uh, have been taking our advice over the last couple of years and trying the one-two punch where you're dragging a minnow and slowly, slowly moving in and out of the weeds with your electric trolling motor and casting at the same time. One guy can cast, one guy can watch a sucker minnow, and you can take turns. It's a one-two punch. It, it doubles your odds. That's one of the techniques I've been using well, and another one has been just uh, a bobber and a sucker minnow stationary presentation has been working real well, too. And a lot of guys who are walleye fishing, Brian, picked up a spare northern pike by accident, and a lot of them were good size, like you said. Yeah, and I think uh, some of the anglers that we, you know, we always talk about don't sleep on the crappies on Mille Lacs, and I think some anglers actually took advantage of that over this past weekend and had some luck as well. They did. They did. A lot of nice crappies were caught. A lot of limits of crappies were caught. Haven't seen anything really over 12 to 14 inches yet, but they're in there, and they're becoming far and fewer in between. And the reason is over harvest. When you catch that big one, I know a lot of people are keeping them. Why? They're not that great to eat. I'd rather eat a 10 to 12 incher than one that's 14 to 18 inches. And Mille Lacs has some of those 18 inches left. When you get one that big, folks, take some pictures and throw it back. Keep the genetics going. Steve Sapaniak, Predator Guide Service. You can check him out at PredatorGuideService.com. I appreciate the info as always, Steve. And we will talk to you soon, buddy. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. All right, when we come back, we'll head north, see what Matt Brewer's up to, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji with the Up North Report. Talk about his uh, fishing trip on the Cast Chain, as well as Red Lake, Lake Bemidji, and more when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we head north for the Up North Report. Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji joins us. And uh, coming off opener, Matt, I know you opened up on the cast chain. How'd you do? We did pretty well. Um, it was an interesting opener. We we slept in, got out there a little late. I think it was like 9.30 or something when we started. And on the first pass, we caught two and lost one. And we're like, ooh, this is going to be a really good day. And, uh, and then we didn't have a bite for like an hour and a half or two hours. <laughs> Um, so we're like, oh, this maybe won't be such a great day. Um, and then we had Lakeland Public Television come in. Um, we had to pick them up at the dock and do an interview. And while I was doing the interview, um, Tim and Isaac both hooked up on some nice walleyes. So after we dropped the the reporter and camera off back at the dock, we went back to that spot and were able to pick off a few more. And then and then uh, we finally found a really good pot of fish and. We, it was one of those things where uh, I kept saying, like, it can change really fast. It can change really fast because we were talking about moving to a different lake. And and we found a pot of fish, and it was just like boom, 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 boom. And we were, um, you know, then we're staring at, oh, we're, we got one limit. Oh, we got two limits. So it's, it's one of those things where it really was a grind. But once we found them, um, it was really good. And they were super concentrated in, in one area. Um, which was kind of strange to me. Usually, uh, you know, if you find a fish on a shoreline that, uh, especially those shallow sand flats, um, they're usually spread out across the whole thing, and they were very spot specific. But it it was still really good once we once we pieced it together. So, and were you doing anything special from a presentation standpoint, or pretty simple fishing? Uh, jigging a minnow, and I think what we figured out, you know, the wind was just absolutely ripping. I'm 
I'm pretty sure, you know, or like a week later, and I'm pretty sure I still have windburn from opener. But uh, but what we figured out was that we were moving way too fast. Um, you know, I was trying to slip drift us with the, the trolling motor, and that wasn't working all that well. Um, and then going against the wind, you couldn't get a consistent speed. It was like, you know, you'd be going 0.2 and then 0.7 and then 0.4 and then 0.9 and then 1.2. I mean, you just kept bobbing with the waves. Um, so I finally, once we got on a pot of fish, I, I spot-locked it, and we just started vertical jigging them, and and that was the ticket. So with that wind, we were just, it turned out we were just moving way too quick. And one thing you and I have talked about a few times on the show for the last couple of years, Matt, uh, speaking of Cass Lake, uh, you have said that that lake has changed quite a bit from the lake that, uh, you know, 10 years ago you were fishing. You kind of had to change up some tactics and kind of relearn it a little bit. Uh, was that kind of the case this past weekend as well? Yeah. I mean, our um, our typical go-to spot, um, we only caught one fish and lost one fish in that spot. And, uh, and the weed growth, uh, which is kind of the opposite of what you would think with the zebra mussels and rusty crayfish, the weed growth had come out from the shoreline far enough that uh, that where we were fishing, um, it wasn't flat flat sand and sand grass anymore. It was actually um, old cabbage and coontail, and and there were actually uh, larger chunks of like cattails and and pencil reeds and things like that. So we actually had to bump out, and it was a little bit of a learning process there. And we haven't opened on that lake in two or three years, so it was um, it, there were definitely some. Uh, some learning curves that we had to go through but uh but the fishing like i said when the fish when we found them and when they ate um the jigs were deep i mean they were they were really hitting well so but i think the chain itself is you know it's kind of stabilizing and the fish are really kind of keyed back in and and i think it's going to be another good summer out there so there you are on the cast chain. Uh, your home base there, Lake Bemidji, and some of those lakes around there, how'd they do this past weekend? Uh, Justin was out on Bemidji, and uh, and he did fairly well. He he only fished for a couple hours and was able to manage some fish. And then um, the lake we typically open on, uh, I know I always joke around about the northerns out there, and uh, and it's chock full, like uh, – <laughs> 10, 10 wall or 10 pike to every walleye you catch um, but the walleyes are still going pretty good out there too it's just uh, fending through the pike and losing jigs and losing shiners so um, the turtle chain you need to you need to make sure you got four or five scoops of, of shiners if you want to get a couple limits of walleyes so everything is kind of status quo um, like, like I said the weather was just a little weird and, and there was a little bit of learning that had to go on um, I did hear reports from several other people and some people really struggled some people did really well i mean it was just a matter of if you found the right pot of fish and if you were in the right spot and if you could handle the wind and and as the week has progressed here everything is just getting better and better so i bet you red lake was probably a zoo the best report i heard was 12 minutes to get a limit out of more stock (laughs) on, on red lake on opening day so um Red Lake was just fine. Yeah, so I'd imagine that'll probably continue here for a couple of more weeks, huh? Yeah, I'd say we've got three weeks to a month of really good fishing on Red Lake before um, before that starts to slow down a little bit. And even when it slows down, it'll still be good. It's another destination spot. So, you know, I'd stick with the same stuff. And um, another thing to note, I guess, several of the fish we caught were still milking. Um, the males were still milking. So, And I, I saw pictures of other people where... You know, they they had their stringer full of fish, and 
down below you could see <laughs> you could see plenty of milk so so there's some fish that are still you know still holding eggs and holding spawn so so it's just going to keep getting better as the water warms up a little bit we're going to reach that magical temperature and and magical time of year um, i would say within a week or so so there you go on the fishing front uh, a couple of weeks left matt for turkey hunting and you're actually going to take a hunt actually taking some uh, people out uh, this upcoming weekend tell me about that and i mean uh, you know now things get a little tricky some of these birds get pretty educated so things are different now than what they were say a month ago yeah my wife's season just ended this past week um she hunted hard actually opening day um and mother's day she was out uh, all day both days and she was able to kill a nice bird and then her hunting partner killed a bird on tuesday the last day of season d um and the birds were working pretty well so so that's a that's a good sign but uh but yeah there a lot of the hens have been bred and uh and the birds are are changing a little bit but if you find a, a gobbler and you strike him up and he doesn't have hens with him your your odds are really good so we're hoping for a, a good weekend this weekend we are doing the annual boys and girls club hunt so nikki and i'll have one uh youth out and i think as a whole we're going to be taking four people from the boys and girls club try to get them their first turkey and it's always a fun weekend and it's always fun watching their faces when they hear goblin so absolutely and uh do you want to back off on the calling this time of year matt or stay semi-aggressive you, I mean, you got to read each bird differently, but uh, if you get one goblin, you can stand on them pretty good and, uh, and you know, call pretty heavy. And uh, if they kind of have their mind made up, you can back off a little bit. But once you get them fired up, they, you know, as long as they don't have hens with them, they're, they're going to come uh, more than likely because this time of year, like I said, they're starting to lose a lot of their hens. A lot of hens are on nests, so uh, those gobblers are lonely and, and they are ready to breed still, so... Um, so it's a good time of year if you can get out. You really got to watch the wood ticks and poison ivy, things like that, um, are really, you know, things to watch out for right now. The ticks are terrible this year. so They are. I've seen just awful reports on those. Uh, one last thing on the turkey front, uh, Matt, decoys still in play? Yeah, for sure. We're uh, we're finding mixing up the decoy spread a little bit is, is working like uh, my wife, they they actually had some birds that shied away from a Jake decoy, and uh, and the following day they ended up putting out four hens, and uh, and then they had, I think it was three birds stroll right in, just perfect. So, and then they continued with that for the rest of their their hunts, and and they had luck. So there you go. So if you're heading out uh, the last couple of weeks of the turkey season, some advice there from Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. You can check Matt out at NorthCountryGuides.com. He's all over social media as well. I appreciate it. As always, great info, Matt, and we will talk to you next week. Sounds good. All right, when we come back, a place we haven't talked about a lot on the show is the Park Rapids area. It can be some very good fishing in that part of the state. We'll talk to Jason Durham with Go Fish Guide Service when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we bring back a, a good friend of the show. We, we haven't had him on him for a while, but he's always fun to bring back from time to time, and that is uh, Jason Durham. He's with Go Fish Guide Service up in the Park Rapids area, which uh, a lot of times it's my own fault that we, we don't touch on a lot. There's some great fishing that can be had up there. Jason, first off, welcome back to the show. Well, hey, thanks a lot. And yeah, there is. Brian, there is some great fishing this direction 
I think one of the reasons you, you kind of forget about this area is there's a lot of lakes between you and I that are really good bodies of water. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about that. I mean, sometimes you just get lost. And so, <laughs> but uh, how was your opener? Uh, you know, the opener up here was, you know, it, it was mixed reports, to tell you honestly. I mean, Saturday, obviously, we had uh, some cold and, and wind, and it was a little difficult for anglers just to maneuver their watercraft around. Um, Sunday was a little bit better, and I heard some real good reports on walleyes. Um, but again, you've got a lot of different anglers going out, a lot of different bodies of water. So, I mean, you talk to one group, and they said, ah, oh, you know, we caught some northern pike and some bass, but never touched a walleye. You talk to other groups, and they said, well, we limited out on the walleyes. It was really good. So it really varied. You know, what makes that area up there so special, Jason? You know, as, as we said, obviously there's a lot of lakes in between you and I. But uh, up in that area, do you have a lot of lakes that are that are bowls, or do you have a lot of lakes that are a lot of structure and, and deep deep water fishing? Because obviously the, the multi-species fishing is huge up by you. Yeah, that's a big thing. It's not necessarily, you know, taking guests out on guide trips and, and when they say we want to go and catch walleyes, you can't help but to catch other species of fish too so our lakes are really dynamic in that we've got you know uh, a a lot with clear water uh, some that have a little bit dirtier water so you can really choose which lake you want in accordance to what mother nature has given you for the day Um, but the, the lakes aren't real big which is nice I mean, our biggest lake in our area is about 2,500 acres, which is very manageable, even if you have a small watercraft. And it's not incredibly busy. I mean, most days when I go out, uh, I'm seeing a handful of boats. You're not fighting for position. Uh, the accesses aren't typically busy. It's just kind of a, a slower a slower routine, a slower way of life. I always tell people that we operate on vacation time all year long. Nothing wrong with that. Do you guys have to deal a lot with invasives up there? Because I know we were talking with Matt Brewer here the last couple of years, actually. We, we've we talked about how, you know, Cass Lake has changed. You've almost had to relearn that lake. Are you guys dealing with that a little bit, too? Because you say with some of those smaller lakes, you can learn a lake pretty quick. You can, and obviously there's people that go from lake to lake a lot around here. I mean, I keep my boat on a trailer. I'm on a different lake almost every day. Uh, we are very aggressive in preventing the spread of AIS. In Hubbard County, we actually do more boat inspections than any county in the state of Minnesota. Um, So we're very, very diligent about it and educating the public about that. And we've been extremely fortunate. We don't have any major invasives in our lakes, uh, like zebra mussels, for instance. We have one body of water that has Eurasian milfoil, and it's kind of a unique situation because it's a private access uh, through a resort, and that resort owner has been diligent about preventing the spread of AIS and has a high-pressure, high-temperature washdown system there at the landing and washes down every single boat when it goes in and every boat when it comes out, and that's still the only lake <laughs> that got Eurasian milfoil, which is so ironic. Um, and, and will we get it? You know, it's always possible in the future, but we're going to do everything we can to prevent it right now. That's good to hear. Uh, Tactic-wise, Jason, for those that are maybe heading out on maybe some smaller bodies of water or just heading out walleye fishing this time of year, what do you like to do? Uh, I really like to use live bait for the most part, uh, either a, a jig and a, a shiner minnow or a jig and a leech. Otherwise, you know, if you want to be a little more relaxed and just drag, you can use a live bait rig, lindy rig. 
And again, with a shiner or a jumbo leech, uh, the shiners have been a little bit difficult to come by. And I think that's going to be an issue, you know, for our entire region for the, for the entire summer. Um, but you can get away with other minnows too. I mean, fatheads work, rainbows work. Um, but a lot of times uh, you're going to do a little bit better going with a leech. Now, you were out with uh, the fisheries manager uh, here a little while back and did some electrofishing and found out some pretty interesting things with muskies up there. Yeah, a week ago, I got to go out with the Park Rapids Area Fisheries on Mantrap Lake, where they've been doing studies on muskies for a few years, and I've been out with them a few different times uh, gathering fish with different methods. And this year, we were electrofishing, which taught me a ton uh, not just about the fish in general, going out with a couple biologists, but the procedure that they used to do it. Um, I, I had always envisioned electrofishing as taking this boat out that has a con- consistent electrical current where you'd have you know sunfish and crappies and bass and everything just floating up to the surface, and eventually you'd go over a muskie, and you just have to identify that that was the fish and, and net it. Um, but it's not like that. There is a consistent current going into the water, but it's low amperage. And so there's uh, these two boom arms that go uh, extend past the bow of the boat. And uh, there's there's four electrodes on, on each boom arm that actually enter the water. And you have a pedal up in the bow of the boat, and there's two, two volunteers up there. And when you go over a muskie, you tap this pedal, and it increases the current. And so the fish is immediately incapacitated. Of course, since we're using electricity with water, we're being extremely careful. We've got rubber boots on, rubber gloves, and the net that they use is fiberglass. Um, and then we, we net the fish, get it on board, measure it, take scale samples, uh, check to see if it's been tagged. Um, and if it hasn't, uh, enter a subdermal tag that they can actually scan in the future and uh, read off a number that will give them all the information from the fish from previous captures and uh, compare that with, you know, growth and um, increase in size. Um, and then, of course, we're identifying what gender they are as well. Pretty interesting thing. Do you guys have a lot of good mus- musky fishing up there? Because, once again, pardon my ignorance, uh, not familiar with the area, is, is there some good musky lakes up there? There are, and there's not a ton of them. I mean, within a 10-mile radius of Park Rapids, we've got about 100 lakes. Um, and just a handful of those are musky lakes. But Mantrap is kind of our premier musky body of water. Uh, they started stocking Leech Lake strain musky in there back in 1980, and those fish have, have really grown well. Um, the night that I went, we got six fish, four males, two fe- females. The two females were 49-inchers. And um, one of my fellow guides, Isaiah Hahn, a, a UBET guide service, uh, he went on Saturday night, and they ended up getting 10 fish total, and the biggest was a 52-inch or so. I mean, there's some there's some nice fish in the lake for sure. No doubt about that. Do you guide mostly for walleye up there, Jason, or do you a multi-species guide service? Oh, I, I guide for everything that swims. Um, I love those family trips where, you know, a father or a grandfather or, or mother says, you know, I want to get my kids out fishing, and I don't know much about it. Um, but I want them to have the experience, and we don't care what we catch as long as we catch something. And you're going to catch fish up here, and you never know what it's going to be until you actually get it to the boat. If you use live bait like a jig and a leech, for instance, when you get that bite, it could be, you know, walleye, northern pike, muskie, um, largemouth bass, smallmouth bass, um, rock bass, crappie, perch, 
bluegill. I mean, it, the list goes on, and they all use some of the same areas because it is, you're talking about structure. If you've got a really small body of water, it probably doesn't have extremely, extremely diverse structure, meaning, you know, a dozen different spots that are going to hold fish. It probably has a few key areas that the fish are going to be around. So you see every fish uh, that swims in the lake on, in some of these areas. And just to give you an idea just how patient of a guide Jason is, he also is his job during the week as a kindergarten teacher. So he's basically herding kittens through the week. So, I mean, it gives you an idea just how patient somebody can be. So that, that's something if people hire you for a guide, they know that going in. Yeah, I'm not I'm not high intensity by any means. If you lose a fish, I'm not going to yell and scream at you or break a rod over my knee. I'm about <laughs> as laid back as they come. Yeah. So if people want more information on you, Jason, want to follow along with what you're up to, uh, how can they do that? Um, well, you can always find me on my cell phone for contact, and that's area code 218-252-2278. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram, and I'm constantly posting things about the adventures that we've had. Uh, or you can find out more information about my guide service at go-fish-guides.com. There you go. Jason Durham with Go Fish Guide Service up in Park Rapids. And we like to have Jason on from time to time here on the show. He's always got some really good info. I appreciate it, buddy, and we will talk to you soon, okay? Hey, thanks, Brian. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Time for our famished fisherman recipe here on Brainerd Outdoors. As always, Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon joins us. And uh, interesting one this week, Joel, we go the fish route. Broiled walleye with red cabbage slaw. Sounds tasty. It's very tasty. Well, we figured we all know how to broil a walleye, so we don't got to focus on the meat section anymore. We got to, you know, step into a couple of sides and a couple of cool cool toppings for it. So we'll do a red cabbage slaw. Obviously, we're going with the KISS method. Keep it, keep it short and simple. Um, so we're going to start off by having all of our red cabbage, carrots, and julienne uh, red onions. Make sure to have all that chopped up, ready to rock. Um, and then we're going to start mixing up a little bit of olive oil, cider vinegar, apple cider vinegar, a little Dijon mustard, some brown sugar to sweeten up just a bit. I'll toss in some salt, fresh cracked pepper, mix that together, and then we'll add in all of our, all of our uh, julienne, you know, julienne onions, our shredded carrots, shredded cabbage. Mix that together real good. You know, throw in a little bit of fresh chopped parsley. If you have green onions laying around too, those would be a nice little addition in there, nice little color. I'm gonna pop that in the cooler, let it sit, let it meld together for you know upwards to upwards to an hour. Right before you're gonna eat, pull it out, let it come to room temperature, and serve over some broiled walleye. I would think a couple of things. Number one, you don't necessarily, if you maybe you didn't want to broil your walleye, you can make it any way any, you want. Any way you want it to go. I just, you know, we're kind of focusing on focusing on a little something different. Sure. Good stuff. Well, if you want to try it, head to our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com, and you can try broiled walleye with red cabbage slaw. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon in Baxter. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Brian. And that'll wrap up the show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5. You can also listen to the show uh, live if you want to stream it if you're away from your radio or out of town. Just go to BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. You can also find the on-demand listen there. Plus, you can download the podcast wherever you download podcasts. Just search Brainerd Outdoors. We ask you to give us a rate and review. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon.
Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thielen Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liebax Marine in Isle, SW Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Fine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Rag your truck accessory pros join brian moon saturday mornings at seven sunday evenings at seven and monday mornings at five right here on b93.3